Welcome to the Eddie Hyatt Podcast. I am your host and teacher, Eddie Hyatt. We're going to continue today talking about the Holy Spirit and revival. And we're talking about personal revival. We're not talking about some kind of religious event that has been planned and orchestrated by a church committee. No, we're talking about a visitation from heaven when God pours out his Holy Spirit and, and fresh life and power upon his people. And oh, that is what we need today. Now, yesterday we were talking about the heart, and I want to continue along that theme today because this is so very, very important. God wants our heart. He doesn't want just certain outward actions that we go through the motions of outward formal religion. No, he wants our heart. And some of the passages that I read, I want to read them again. Proverbs 3, 23, 26, my son, give me, and that's your, that's the daughter too, give me your heart. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Matthew twenty two thirty seven. Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. Mark eleven twenty three, talking about faith. Jesus said, whoever shall say into this mountain, be removed and be thou cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. Faith is a, true faith is a heart thing. It's not an outward formula. Well, if I will, will love. Confess this scripture 150 times. No, it is a thing of the heart. It is relational. It is of the heart. Um, and Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. And when we, we define the heart, the heart is the seat and the center of our life. It is the fountain. And the seed of the thoughts, the passions, the desires, the affections, the purposes. When God has our heart, he has us. Wow. The Pharisees, when you read the Gospels, re remember, make this, make this connection. They fasted. They were very religious. They fasted. They prayed. They tithed. They attended the synagogue. But God did not have their hearts. Their hearts were religiously hard. They looked down their nose at those who were not like them. They thought that they were holier than everybody else. Yes, they were religious, but God did not have their heart. Now, I was telling you yesterday, and uh, if you haven't listened to uh, yesterday's episode, go back and listen to it. Be sure and listen to it because this one actually is built upon it. And I told about John Wesley, how he was uh, ordained to the ministry, very committed to the outward forms of Christianity. He was an Anglican priest. He fasted. He prayed. He even went as a missionary to the American Indians in colonial American Georgia. It was a total failure. And he came to the conclusion that he had never been truly converted. He had never been born again. But one night as he was sitting in a Moravian meeting, listening to someone read the words of Martin Luther in his preface uh, to Romans, 
and and heard Luther's words about what happens in a person's heart when the Spirit of God comes and changes and transforms their heart. And Wesley said, I felt my heart strangely warm. I felt that I did trust in Christ, Christ alone for my salvation. And an assurance was given me that he had saved me from the law of sin and death. And even though he had been a member of the Anglican Church for many, many years, even though he had been an Anglican minister for some time, he always considered this to be the time of his conversion. And so he began to preach that you must be born again. He began to evangelize the church of which he was a part, the Anglican Church. He began to, and, and of course, this got him in trouble uh, with, with the bishops. Now, he was an Anglican all of his life, but uh, during those early days of his ministry in the Methodist revival, the Anglican churches and pastors closed their doors to him <laughs> and would not allow him their pulpit. Why? Because he was preaching that you must be born again just because you're the, a member of a church, just because you are a deacon, just because you put something in the offering every week. That in itself does not make you a Christian. God wants your heart. You must be born again. And the, the early Methodist revival was primarily among Anglicans, the, the first leaders of the Methodist revival were Anglican preachers, Anglican ministers. And so, you know, someone has said that uh, the greatest, one of the greatest mission fields in the world today is the church, the, the formal organized church that has uh, added members, but not really through Christians. And so, there was a great revival as Wesley and others, his, his associates and others who became converted, who came to know Jesus, whose hearts were transformed. There was a great move of the Holy Spirit in the Anglican church, and then it flowed out because they were not allowed to preach in the churches. They began to preach in the open air, and so then the unchurched begin to hear this message, and they begin to come to Jesus, have their hearts transformed. And, and this is the message, actually, that birthed the Great Awakening in colonial America. Now, one of the associates of John and Charles Wesley in the early days was George Whitfield. George Whitfield was younger than John Wesley. I think he was a, a, at least maybe 13 years younger. And uh, he always looked up to Wesley as, as being sort of his, his mentor and teacher. But, but in terms of his, the power of his ministry and his outreach, uh, Whitfield excelled Wesley. He was a gifted orator and speaker and preached regularly to crowds of 10, 15, 20,000 people. Uh, it's estimated that in England that he may have preached to crowds to a crowd one time as much as seventy or eighty thousand people in colonial America when the the population was very small. He preached to massive crowds of ten and twelve thousand people in the open air all up and down the eastern seaboard, and and he addressed 
the fact he too felt that he had been just a formal outward Christian, but never truly born again. But there came a place where God captured his heart and he was never the same again. And so I want to read you a little bit of a, a sermon that he preached. And uh, he would, he preached this here in, 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 in America during one of his visits. This would be in the early 1700s before America became a nation. And he's preaching from the parable that Jesus told of the 10 virgins, five wise and five foolish. And uh, let me just read to you how he presented this. Um, He brought this very vividly to the minds of his audience. And he pointed out that all 10 were virgins and all had lamps, which he said symbolized their outward profession of being Christians. Only five wise virgins, although the wise ones had oil in their lamps. They all had lamps. They were all virgins. There were 10 of them, but only five had oil. And Whitfield said that symbolized those who truly that God had had captured their heart. They had given their hearts to God. They had been born again uh, by the Spirit of God. And he told of the five foolish virgins how, and, and this is what Jesus said, that at the wedding, that the, the, the five who had oil, they went in, they went out to meet the bridegroom and they went into the wedding. But the others, they had to go and they had, were searching and finding oil. And finally, when they got there, the, the, the master of ceremonies would not let them in, would, would not open the door to them. And here's what, listen to this, how he applies this to those who are Christians only outwardly without a changed heart. He told of the five foolish virgins knocking at the door of the wedding, but being turned away by the Lord. This is a direct quote from his sermon. Lord, Lord, say they, as though they were intimately acquainted with the holy Jesus, like numbers among us who, because they go to church, repeat their creeds, and receive the blessed sacrament, think they have a right to call Jesus their Savior and dare call God their Father when they put up the Lord's Prayer. But Jesus is not your Savior. The devil, not God, is your Father unless your hearts are purified by faith and you are born again from above. It is not merely being baptized with water, but being born again of the Holy Ghost that must qualify you for salvation. And it will do you no service at that great day to say unto Christ, Lord, my name is in the register of such and such parish. I am persuaded the foolish virgins could say this and more. (laughs) So what was he preaching? He was preaching to the people, give God your heart. Yes, I know you're members of various churches. I know you go to church and you repeat the creeds and the Lord's Prayer. But many of you here, you have never given God your heart. He does not have that center place of your life, your affections, uh, your purposes, and and you have not given him your heart. And all this message, blessed by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, transformed colonial America, entire towns repenting and turning to God. It was real revival, folks. This is real revival. When, when, when the church realizes 
when professing Christians realize, no, it's not enough that I'm going through these outward forms and motions. Lord, do you have my heart? God, I want to give you my heart. And when God has our heart, he has us. That's revival. I'm, I'm Eddie Hyde. This is the Eddie Hyde podcast. Uh, that's that portion of the sermon that I was reading was from my book, 1726. Available on my website at eddiehyatt.com. Also available on Amazon, 1726, the year that defined America. Wow, so much, so much powerful information packed into that about revival. I, I dare say, if you read 1726, you will never be the same again. Well, God bless you. I hope you will uh, be in touch with me. Let me know if you're being blessed by these episodes. Uh, go to my website, eddiehyatt.com. There's contact information there and a lot of resources that you'll find a blessing, and I'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow.